0: Welcome to the Sales Acceleration Show. My name is Michael Hamlet and I'm the founder of Kaomatic. In this show we discuss all sales and marketing to accelerate your business. And today we're gonna talk about leveraging your stage presence to grow your business. So I've invited an expert to actually build a company around this. Dado, thanks for joining the show. So tell our viewers, what do you do?
1: Thanks for uh, having me, uh, Michael, it's an honor to be here. So I'm a co-founder at Duval Union Consulting. Mm -hmm. Uh, We help large organizations with their transformation and digitization. Uh, Next to that, I'm also the co-founder of Social Cedar, which is an employee advocacy platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm also the co-founder of Speakersbase, which is basically a marketplace for speakers and event organizers to find each other and also for speakers to present themselves to the world.
0: I by accidentally found it originally a while ago and I loved it in an instant because you don't find anything like that specifically for speakers. So where did the idea come from?
1: It's a very good observation. Uh, Basically it happened by coincidence. Uh, I was watching Twitter and there was a tweet from a lady saying I'm looking for a speaker in data analytics and preferably a woman. And then I was asking myself... Really
0: the other side? The
1: other side. Yeah. So uh, I get this question a lot, if I'm on stage, and probably you as well, mm-hmm. do you know a speaker in that domain, somebody you can yep. recommend, and so forth? Uh, and there is apparently not really a platform where you can search for good yep. speakers. I agree. Uh, and the result is that you always end up with the usual suspects. Yep. Um, so that's when I thought, maybe we can create a platform out of this, so I did a quick research And Indeed, I didn't find really a good platform that uh, filled in the needs of the speakers and Mm -hmm. the need of the event organizers. So, we decided to create it. So, that's how it happened. And when is that?
0: That's a while? It's been a
1: while? um, It's now, I would say, two years ago where we started with the idea. Uh, I think really one year when we uh, started the operations. Uh, So, we are a small team right now. We Mm -hmm. are uh, four co-founders. Uh, and we have two people helping us with the growth hacking, the yep. marketing, the uh, content creation. Yeah. You're uh, in digital
0: marketing also, so growth sure. hacking, technical marketeers, yes. and scaling the shit scaling out of it. Scaling
1: right? it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's really important because you, yep. you start really with nothing, so yep. you have to have both sides. You need speakers and you need event organizers. Yep. So it really only becomes valuable when you have both sides of yep. the uh, the marketplace. Uh, you, so that was the challenge in the first instance.
0: So. One of the things, by the way, which is an absolute, because I, I do a lot of, I help a lot of companies with their products, one of the things you guys do really good is when you make an account, you actually see how many people watch you. For some reason, people like it, I like sure. it, um, Mr. Acquisition. And one of the things, sometimes when I just jump like two views, it looks like I've jumped in the graph so massively yeah. and I thought some smart guy has built this because <laughs> I'm like, that's really nice. Yeah, <laughs> just is, telling is. you I really love no, it. Thanks, thanks so for the feedback. Why why, let's let's take it a step back. Why should I, when I'm a founder or I'm in business, why should I be on stage? Why should I do it? Why should I it's be a on the platform? It's a very good
1: question. Uh, for me, it's really a new form of, of marketing. Uh, and what I see a lot of speakers doing when they represent their company on stage is they about the products and the services of that company, Uh, whereas what I believe is that you need to create value up front. And I think creating a kind of thought leadership is a new style of marketing, especially B2B. Um, So that's why I think more and more people should be on stage, but they also need to tell a different story. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think we, we need to avoid to directly bombard people with our end product or end service but really think about how can you create a real value for your audience, which is nothing new. But speakers always fall into that same trap. So they mm-hmm. immediately wanna push the met- message so down the throat.
0: Close the business. You have
1: hundred, <laughs> Indeed, you have 100 people in the audience, so you wanna all make sure that they understand what you do and what you can sell them. But basically it works uh, the reverse. So I think if you can provide value. And so by, by uh, creating speakers' base, we hope that speakers not only get deals, mm-hmm. but that they also have a way of, of uh, making themselves an expert, uh, creating thought leaders leadership, um, showing their expertise, domains, and so forth, so that's really the angle. It's creating thought leadership as a a promise.
0: Do you, because I fully agree, I I believe that for me being on stage, it's not only about attention, but it's especially about trust, and if you focus on trust, eventually you will get sales, I think, because I'm a sales guy, and I believe not selling is a new sales, so basically you just have to go way broader, talk about it, and then eventually get get people to buy in, and then you get the leverage to do whatever you 100%. want. In essence, right? it, yeah. But I've seen a lot of bad speakers, and yeah. I, really, I really sometimes, I go angry, because it's, it's like, you're wasting my time. You're a thief, I mean, I'm really bad. Maybe I had too many trainings like you, I've seen you on stage, you're like, you nail it, because it's an inspirational story.
1: It's a very good point and that's another thing that we hopefully can, uh, can, can derive from speakers base is a kind of community feedback mm-hmm. uh, where speakers are checked by the market. You can read reviews, you can see how people recommend these speakers. Are you so going to go like so. the scoring? Uh, yeah, indeed. The so, Uber app, uh, five yeah. stars, this speaker. Uh, the booking that comes for speakers, that's basically what we, uh, what we really the, want to become. That's yeah. the, the North Star. And Europe, worldwide? Um, I think we need to start by by, uh, focusing on Europe because Mm -hmm. otherwise we're, we're shooting too broad, but the end game of course is to scale it globally. Uh, we already have speakers from 55 countries right now. Oh, yeah. uh, but I would say that the main database is now oriented in, in the Benelux and, and Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, we have the ambition to, to grow it. And I think we have a real shot if we yep. can keep up the growth and the acquisition. Also retention, by the way. Um, so we've seen that we managed to build the flywheel in creating new influx of speakers. Mm-hmm. But it's also a matter of keeping them on board and, and showing them value uh, while they're a part of a speakers base. Yep. Uh, so that's our real challenge now.
0: So if I jump, uh, let, let's make this very pragmatic, right? Because we both like to be on stage, we know we need to be on stage. Um, is there a way to, um, by the way, we have not prepared these questions, so it's good because I'm just curious to see how you're gonna react on this one. just <laughs> try to
1: wing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is there a way to hack it? How do you get on the stage? Um, I think the the way to hack it is to brand yourself uh, online, I think there are a lot of channels that you can use, there are blogs, there is Instagram, there is YouTube, Mm -hmm. things like we are doing right now, so I think as a speaker you just need to start with small audiences And what I've seen during my career and probably you as well, is that you start in small audiences, then there is somebody in that room that liked what you said. They invite you to a bigger stage and then again to a bigger stage and that's how the ball uh, starts rolling. But I think the very first seat is personal branding. Uh, And I think even when you're a speaker and you're kind of successful in your country, or uh, you're getting the targets that you're, uh, you're wishing for, is that you need to keep working on personal branding. Yeah. Uh, because it's, a, it's really a rotating market. Uh, people are looking for different stories, new insights. Yeah. Um, so I see a lot of speakers come and go, and I feel as well for myself, you constantly need to reinvent yourself and keep yeah. working on your personal branding. The,
0: the, the, the other question is, and very pragmatic, that's something I struggle sometimes with is, mm-hmm. you build a story, takes a lot of time to get the story really nice, it works, and then you realize, well, I've done it two, three times. Hmm. I might need to change it. So you have True. to really keep changing and doing. That's a yeah. tough one. Any advice
1: there? And you have to kill Just your darlings, right? Yeah, so right. you know what jokes work, you know which slides will work well. Uh, so it's very difficult. At one point, you don't want to change your story because you know that it's a successful yeah. thing. You, you don't want to change the winning team. And it's a
0: lot of work to, it's do a lot to of get getting really right. Eh? I mean, there are a lot of nice slides. There's a lot of good stories. But to be really good,
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: a tough one. Yeah, and I
1: think it's also a matter of, of, of practice even if you think that you reached a stage where you're successful in speaking. Uh, meaning that you need to test or have test audiences. So yep. I still go to high schools or universities. Oh, really? Uh, where I try to change a bit my story and to see
0: how people react. It's like them. the stand-up comedians. They, they, yeah. Because true, for yeah. me they're the ultimate form of, of, if you can make people laugh, that's the ultimate form.
1: That's the best, right? Yep. So then you really struck a chord. But what I see is that students are most of the times really the, the most harsh audience because yep. they're not there for you. No, uh, basically they're, they're bored to death. They're <laughs> bored to death. Uh, so you're the next one in the row. Uh, especially as an outsider, they are already try to see how they can bring you down. So you really have to bring something valuable. And for me, that's the ideal testing ground to see what things work and what I have to adapt.
0: I I was at the university and I had to do this speech on sales. And sales is a difficult one because for a lot it's dirty or they look at the walls of Wall Street. And I do this speech to 150 students and I see them all fiddling on everything. And And I get really excited and start. And then when I end, the room is completely quiet. Staring at me, and I'm thinking, man, I messed up this thing like that. Uh, and then afterwards, I got so many emails. So I, I never thought you can really misinterpret the, 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 the reaction of an audience. Because True. if I did the same thing to a more, let's say, B2B strong audience, mm. there would have been a lot more reaction. True. Very yeah. weird for me to, to figure out the nonverbal thing. The one thing that works the pictures of the slide.
1: Yeah, for sure. For me,
0: that you know it's a good slide. That's True. why you never say in the beginning you get the slides, right? Never say that. see what the people do, and then at the end you can say I'm going to send you the slides. And I
1: think you also need to use these slides on social media, so the small snippets that you get out of your presentations, the quotes that you use, the jokes that you use are typically things that you can share. So,
0: let me ask some tougher questions. One, would you share every slide or would you be careful because you are also a consultant, right? We live from the money our customers pay. Will you share everything or will you sometimes hold back? it's a tough we, one
1: by default share everything yeah. so we never hold back unless there is a case of a client and okay. it's the client holding us back
0: so you're saying nicer slides share although you know people are going to copy and do everything they yes. want
1: yes uh, and what what we've seen before so we've seen that uh, people copy exactly. our slides so it's it's but i think it's the name of the game and uh, on the reverse i would say by sharing our slides we see that people actually come to us to book us for a speech yeah. so even if people have seen the slides before uh or see have seen them from another event uh even then they they use it as a kind of trigger to bring you to their event so i don't really see uh, any downside from uh, from sharing i
0: i struggled with that in the beginning now i'm doing it because the the payoff is way bigger and it forces me although i'm lazy son it forces me to reinvent the picture Um, the whole time why
1: did you struggle with it
0: because i thought well if i give it away then then they don't need me anymore and then i realized eventually that it's not because i give the slide away it's the story it's the frame it's the context that makes you on yeah. stage different. Or and, and
1: two op- other observations from my side is uh, they also want to see you uh, and they want yeah, to hear funny. it from That's funny. I never realized
0: life. that actually it needs uh, to be you not the other guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: it's really the story that comes from out of your your mouth and the other thing is I would say that even if you look at the, the, music, uh, the, in the music industry if you book a, uh, a band uh, you can hear the music before and afterwards uh, true, so you want to be part of the experience and I think the experience is the thing that people pay the money for. So we
0: need to work more on the experience, that's the one thing I'm actually missing, missing in, in, in a lot of cases, except in the really big ones, I miss this, I call it the Hollywoodian show effect, yeah. a bit of show, a bit of noise, a bit of, and that's, it's hard to do in smaller rooms, mm-hmm. but I really, each time I'm thinking I should set up a show, it would be that experience, yeah. people love it. Yasna Rock is doing that really well, that's a real show, right? Yeah. And I really, that's something you guys should train people on, how to build a show.
1: Yeah. Okay. But your point is very valuable, Like, and that's a struggle I had. What is the level of entertainment and information? Yeah. And yeah. what if I you feel over, is we need yeah. to combine both. So either it becomes a comedian show or it becomes too boring. And yep. what I see if people come to a conference, uh, or it's an in-company event with a lot of people, you need a kind of a balance between entertainment and information. Yeah. So if you go all the way on entertainment, people, of course, don't take away anything. Mm-hmm. But if you go all in on information alone and people easily get bored, yeah. so it's, it's really finding the balance between those, uh, those both.
0: Another tough one is the level of energy. I think in the beginning I overdid it completely because I thought I'm on stage, I need to be the big guy and of course sales, so I was really proud, shouting, and all, all the stuff, <laughs> and I was destroyed, right? I <laughs> got off the stage and you could like mm-hmm. that. So is there any advice there, how do you, should you where do you go? Keep it. You can't be lower than the audience. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that's mm-hmm. simple because it gets boring. Yeah, right.
1: True. For me, the you have the tone of voice and the energy, but what I really believe in is, is personal stories. Uh, so I always try to relate, relate my content to my personal either family history or things I'm doing in my businesses and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Connecting back to speakers base, I think that's really an opportunity for speakers as well to share a bit of the life behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, not the rock star life or whatever, but really the personal you. Uh, so who are you behind? Uh, it's the, the whole social strategy almost. It's the uh, whole social yeah. strategy, and people really connect with yeah. Michael or with Dado yeah. based on not just the information we provide, but also our backstory and the lives that we. Uh, live. I
0: once made a movie just before I went on stage uh, two years ago when I when I was starting to do this a lot, and I was so nervous. And I said, tape me while I'll talk about nerves. Guys, I'm about to go on stage and you see me going like that. And it was yeah. like the real stuff. And then I, I agree, I think that works. Okay, another one. Money, Okay. when you ask money for it, mm-hmm. when not? Because at the end of the day, speakers base also, they exist with some type of revenue. I'm, I'm wondering, I find it a hard balance when you charge money for the speech or not.
1: Mm-hmm. For me it's really uh, very ad-hoc, so I have a prize and I assume you you have a prize as well. It's millions. It's, of course. <laughs> zillions. Uh, so of course we have a prize and the only reason why I set a budget at one point is, is to make a difference between what the, uh, types of events I would do and, wh- and which ones not. Yeah. So in the beginning I did a lot of speeches for free uh, and then it was a small budget and then the budget uh, increased over time, but I still do a lot of things completely for free or for a lower budget. So and really the reason why would you do that? Uh, so it's either because I believe in the setup of the organization or the value it, it brings apart from business and commercial mm. uh, stuff uh, or it be, it's because the audience that I'm facing uh, is super interesting for me and I don't want to yeah. have the full uh, budget up front. The,
0: the third one I would add one to that, scale. Yeah, if sure. somebody really is gonna record and you really say scale and sometimes I just do it because experience of I want to talk for like a large crowd and then I think yeah let's, let's just do it but yeah. I, I agree also the question is I where can you make then because I have a lot of people asking me where do you make the money mm-hmm. is it on the large stages which is hard to get to or mm-hmm. is it more the corporates that will invite you to come and speak is mm-hmm. there a, there must be a a difference.
1: I, I think you can make money, money on uh, on both. Uh, I think the corporate side is of course more logical because typically events uh, have a lot of speakers, their budgets are often limited or they have some big budgets for really big speakers that have to attract yeah. the audiences. I,
0: I heard a lot of events, I didn't realize a lot of events, even if they're like 20, 30 speakers, it's only a few speakers they pay a lot of money to and the yeah. rest is all free. Yeah. Or True. they have paid to be on stage because they have a booth somewhere. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So I was running around very naive thinking, hey, look, at
1: this, but uh, actually, which for me basically for events is killing them. Uh, there are it, a lot yeah. of events that I used to like before and that are now full of speakers that are paying to be on stage, yeah, which is completely crap. killing the vibe yeah, and I the energy. Uh, people are disappointed after these events, so I think they need to rethink yeah. their, their business because points. those
0: people want to sell. Yeah, of course and, and then it, it becomes completely
1: messed yeah. up for me it's a good point I, I i think it's not a problem that a speaker is paying to be on stage but then it needs to bring value or she yeah. needs to bring value and now you end up indeed with these speakers who just want to push their product
0: yeah and then we go yeah we, and then everybody we, is uh,
1: really dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's at big events, eh? so it's yeah, not yeah, happening yeah. in small events it's really at the biggest uh, events the, around the, tech or marketing. the one right
0: i was most disappointed was last year on the next web yeah Massive stage, really cool audience, lots of cool stuff happening, and then suddenly IBM Watson yeah. came on stage, and I thought this is like one of the coolest stories you can bring, mm-hmm. and it was like a classic pitch of IBM, 15 years ago, I was just post- brought back to an account manager role when I did really start, and I thinking the guy was talking about us, 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 blah, 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 and I just said, I go have beers. I Had the same and I experience. Saw half room
1: walking out. Huh? Yeah, crazy. Snapchat was there as well, and yep. basically they explained Snapchat yeah. on stage, yes. which oh. was uh, that was even more worst. insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. This is how it works. You cannot imagine. And then what happens? So you have this VP of Snapchat coming. So everybody is yeah. in the audience expecting a big story, yeah. and then you have that guy explaining Snapchat on stage, yeah. which is completely, I, I, completely yeah. crazy. I, I fully agree. Coming back to the corporate versus events, uh, I think for ev- for corporates you can charge uh, more easily because. Often you have to adapt your story if it's an in-company event they ask you to tune it to their uh, industry or yeah. tune it to their own. and audience. i also think the value it's
0: might even be higher sometimes because it's really i always try to make it really i, I try to make the mix between tactics no strategy and tactics something pragmatic yeah. because i've seen too many way too high and tactical stuff which mm-hmm. is nice inspirational mm-hmm. But in a corporate, I try to always say, okay, guys, this is what you could do tomorrow. Mm. Let me shock your world a bit, but it is possible with the use case, so you uh, make it again, you blend it again. It's,
1: uh, basically, we, we could combine those two axes. So, so you have the uh, emotion or yeah. the entertainment and then the information, and then you have the, the real tactics, short term, and then you have the longer term, which is also a bit inspirational, the future, wh- what you, people like. You know what like. we should do?
0: Not we, but speakers base. We should do like a presentation, presentation battle. Two, yeah, minutes, two, minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Let's get a prize, happen, something uh, like uh, that, tape yeah, it, let get, sure. get Peter on there. That would be really cool. Just a sure. crazy idea here. But if we
1: can achieve that with speakers base, that we let's say higher the quality of the speakers, yeah. that more people are on stage on different topics and not always the usual suspects, and that are that events are becoming bigger, that would be a, a great achievement. Yeah?
0: So some final
1: last advice for somebody that wants to get on stage. I would say really start experimenting with it. Don't be nervous. Everybody is nervous in the, in the beginning. I had a
0: really good because I still am nervous in front, and then uh, Marnik, you, you know Marnik, told me, you're wrong, you're not nervous, you have, you have adrenaline to do a good job. True. And on that moment, like six months ago, I suddenly realized I don't have nerves. Mm-hmm. It's a, and it's, it changed my attitude completely. So now I walk on stage and I look I mean, pretty relaxed and think, hey, what can
1: happen? Yeah, of course. And, and what th- can happen in what the What can end? happen? Actually, They, can not, can really they won't say anything. Wrong
0: very rarely, except True. in the Netherlands, yeah. they'll say something. <laughs> they'll They're always brutally honest, <laughs> but even
1: then you, you have a takeaway, so it's not dramatic if people have no. feedback in uh, in the end. It's about uh, making sure that you can adapt and become uh, better the next time. Yep. What I would say is that, uh, very strange for me, if I'm in front of an audience, uh, it's all or nothing. So in the first 10 seconds, I feel, okay, this will be a good story yeah. or or not. And it's very strange because you have, let's yeah. say, 100 people in the room, uh, so they act as one. And that's for me exactly a very the same. interesting uh, And I feel very insight. quickly
0: like you do the first joke or something. Sometimes you know, no, this crowd is not going to move. And sometimes it almost becomes stand-up com- comedy because they're laughing and they're playing. And th- those are the True. really, really fun parts. And suddenly sure. time is gone. That's, that's yeah. an
1: important. One. And what we, uh, so the, in, in terms of last advice, uh, what we really live by at, at Duval Union, but I would what, what I live by at, uh, at speaking is uh, take yourself that serious, but not serious at all. Yeah. And you see that a lot of speakers come on stage yeah. with a very uh, professor-like yeah. attitude uh, and yeah. i think people are just there to learn something from yeah. you but you don't have to be the professor or the smartest kid yeah. in the room just don't in, be too serious
0: uh, yeah might also be a bit of a belgium thing but i kind of like to make jokes about myself how things go wrong but th- I, I i believe absolutely is good now every speaker that comes here i ask them some serious questions this is the black okay. book with some really really serious questions first one Interesting, yeah, now you're curious, right? <laughs> so you see all these kids' drawing. I'm not nervous, I have adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. True. So where do you get inspired? Where do you go to, to, to not energize, but where do you go to read, uh, see websites? Where do you go? To?
1: Well, honestly, so I read a lot of blogs that probably a lot of people uh, that watch this show know, so TechCrunch, The Next, yeah. Web, Venture Beat, and so forth. Um, I read uh, a lot of books. Uh, I'm now reading uh, the book of Reed Hoffman, Blitzscaling, which yeah. is re- very, very interesting. You just
0: recently wrote a book, yes. by the way, we should mention it. Which, yeah. What's the name? And it's where called can Blitz, we find Blitzscaling. No, no, the book you've written yourself. My book? Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, so I wrote a book together with Omar Mohut on mm-hmm. the topic of corporate venturing. because we'll, we believe we'll put a
0: link in the description.
1: Fantastic. Right. Um, we believe that uh, bigger organizations should work together with the outside world, mm-hmm. especially with startups and scale-ups around them. Uh, to really reinvent themselves. So we compare it with the mothership and speedboats. So the mm-hmm. big mothership I like it. should I, work yeah. with smaller speedboats. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And that's really the topic of the book. Yeah.
0: That's for next show. Oh, you come back and we talk about Maybe that. Maybe one? one
1: last point on, on what inspires me. For me now it's cities. So I travel a lot to Dubai. Yeah. Uh, and people always talk about the US and Asia. And I really have to say that Dubai is a very yep. interesting city. Um, So for me, cities like Dubai, uh, uh, Shenzhen, uh, Beijing in in China, these kind of places.
0: I love to just walk like New York, just walk for five, six hours and the city changes and I I love that. Okay, so how do you, because I know you're doing all this stuff, how do you focus? How do you bring focus to what you do?
1: There are, there are two things. So strategically, I use the OKR methodology. Yeah. Um, so Google, objective uh, key yeah. results. The, um, I would say the template that Google uses to set focus for yeah. people. Really interesting. And more pragmatically, I use Wunderlist. And for me, Wunderlist is a, a really? lifesaver. The app. Uh, the app really? Every, so I have it on my iPhone, iPad, and my computer. And you and make everything top trees. Has, the top trees all day. So you can give stars. So every day I just uh, cool tick the stars, okay. that I, the, the things that I want to accomplish. And then at the end of the day, I watch uh, how far I got. And then I set them again for the next day. So that's my tactical that's instrument. To keep it. Pro- You're the first
0: one actually to give really tactical advice. Says, okay. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I know it's hard. How do you do it? Yeah. Okay. So how do you say no? And the, question, the reason why I ask the question is that all the sales, the real salespeople I have, we train them, we pay them to say mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So it's really tough to say no. So mm-hmm. how do you say no?
1: I say no by being very, very transparent. Um, to give you a concrete example, we got a request from somebody in Brazil uh, to open up a consulting office together with us in, uh, in that region. Uh, for us, it's really out of scope. Uh, but what I think, if you say no to, to such a person, is to really define why you say no and be very brutally honest about the, the real why. So mm-hmm. dr- don't try to cover it up um, to send them away, but really be very honest. Uh, yeah. For us, was it okay? We are going to loo- going to lose money, and we cannot afford to lose money at this stage. So we're we are not able to do this. Yeah, that's hard to say. It's hard to say. Too, no. hard to say <laughs> but people <laughs> like really, um, I would say, respect the fact that you say no with a with a clear reason why. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So what's what's the biggest failure you had, which the the mistake you wouldn't want to do ever again?
1: Um, Well, I thought it was a super interesting question, and and, um, I think my biggest mistake is I I really have entrepreneurial DNA, but it only came to fruition when I was uh, leaving high school. So, my first years at school, I was very lazy, Mm -hmm. I uh, really spent a lot of time on things that were not really valuable. Uh, So in hindsight, I have the feeling that I lost a bit of time uh, during my younger years, I should have started earlier. So I'm not the typical entrepreneur that started uh, when he was seven years old and then, mm-hmm. uh, so whatever. So I really started at late, a late stage. Yeah. And that's something that I uh, regret, I would say. Uh, on the other hand, life is life and it's all serendipity. So uh, yeah. it is what it is.
0: Good. Where can uh, people learn about you or the companies? Where should they go?
1: So they can go to our website, uh, www.duvaluenconsulting.com. Uh, and i would say for the more personal uh, stuff uh, instagram so i'm uh, f- uh, yeah. i'm on instagram at uh, dado van Petegem. so you can follow me there As to uh, speakersbase and speakersbase of course Speakersbase.com.com. Yeah, sure. .com dot be? .speakersbase.com dot .com okay uh, and i would perfect. invite people who want to start uh, learning how to do speeches or who want to start their speaker career to become part of speakersbase and if we can be of any help uh, please let us know
0: okay perfect dado thanks for joining the show thanks
1: a lot it was Very, really fun
0: thank you so if you want to See a lot more of these shows, just subscribe if you like what you've seen today, give it a thumbs up and I see you in the next show. Thank you for watching.